Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, Internet, to another episode of Fan Bros. It's Fan Bros special delivery where we cover all the hot TV shows on a weekly basis and we hit you with the knowledge. It's Kim Sonian here tonight, filling in for DJ Ben Hameen, who is off spinning the goodness. And alongside me is my co-pilot, Chico Leo, the uh, Chewbacca right. of the internets, I guess. <laughs> Definitely the Chewbacca of the internets. Ah! <laughs> very good, very good. Right. I like that, the Chewbacca of the internets. That's good. Um, yeah, you might need to go see uh, my man at the salon. He give you a nice little, right. <laughs> a nice little wax down for the shoulders. And get a little, get a little uh, buzz. It's it's summertime, ladies and gentlemen, right. and Chico Leo is shirtless these days. Um, but anyway, let's get to the gist of things. Uh, right off the bat, it is a special night because tonight is the series finale of True Blood. Take it away, Chico. So some people live longer than they should, and some shows last longer than they should, and I think True Blood is going to go down as being one of those shows that uh, lasted longer than it should. Uh, there's certainly a, a greatest hits that could be compiled of the, is it six seasons? Uh, Se- you, seven seasons. Seven seasons, yeah, seven seasons of True, of True Blood. Um one of the only things that I can really say about this last season is I thought they really stepped up with their use of music over the closing credits. Um, and uh, that that that's basically the only thing that they stepped up from previous seasons. Um, they, they Because the uh, True Blood has been one of these shows that's uh, been ep- uh, not ep- episodic, but each season has been its own storyline. There wasn't really anything like overarching over the seven seasons that this was that you know that had, that 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 everything was leading to. So it just sort of felt like a, a, another end to another season, just a patter ending. Um, you know, basically uh, there was no Lafayette whatsoever. He was in literally one shot. He was in the final shot, um, and Which- that was about it. Uh, th- there was a final shot. Was a. Uh, would seem to be some kind of southern barbecue at Sookie's house, and she was pregnant, and they never showed the guy who got her pregnant. We just saw him from behind. Um, I have no idea what that was supposed to signify, um, but uh, they did a little thing where they did like a year in the future, two years in the future, three years in the future. Um, is it Alan Ball, who's the, the creator of this show, who also that, that- worked on Six Feet Under? That's right. Alan Ball is the sh- yeah showrunner. Right. For the show. So he um, one of one of the famous things, if you never saw Six Feet Under, was the last episode showed in the future how each character died, and uh, it's sort of gone down in TV history as being, uh, you know, perhaps the best last episode. Last episodes are really, 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 really tough, and while Six Feet Under didn't have the best last season. They did have, in many people's opinions, like the best last episode. And so they did a sort of similar thing here where they sort of go a little in the future. Nowhere near as much as they did on Six Feet Under. But um, everyone's favorite uh, vampires, Eric and Pam, become uh, super, super billionaires selling new blood, which is uh, the blood of uh, Sarah Newland, which gives people, any, any vampires who have the Hep V virus, it cures them. 
Uh, Vampire Bill dies at the hands of Silky. She stakes him at his request because he decides he wants the true death. Uh, Jason Stackhouse ends up with a very nice blonde and they have four children. Sookie is pregnant. They don't really give us any future for Lafayette. Um, we just sort of see he's there at this barbecue. Um, Sam marries the, uh, the, the woman that he was in love with and had gotten pregnant and they have like a beautiful biracial baby. Um, <laughs> she was, she was actually from, if anyone saw, um, Friday Night Lights. She was actually in the last two seasons of Friday Night Lights. Right, Journey Smollett. I mean, yes, you know, she's been she's been cute for all these years. Exactly, she's she's stayed cute. Can we just uh, hover back? Just well, I mean, um, thank you for that summation. Um, there was a there were a couple of things that I wanted to to go back to. Um, the one big thing is okay. So spoiler alert: Bill dies and he plunges the stake through his own heart. While Sookie's standing over him, and he no, well, she's got her hands on the stake too. I think she, right, she sort of, right, yeah. She hesitated, and he kind of pulled the trigger, right. so to speak. Then he explodes in the blood all over her. It's very dramatic. I felt like the music that was laid in was, you know, it it, it kind of did the job. I felt like uh, this show to me has always been so kind of uh, what do you call um uh so um. Uh, two-sided like it's almost bipolar in some ways where it gets really funny and cheeky and then it'll get super sappy and so it it kind of has these pendulum swings in terms of tone and there the tone I felt was like pretty genuine you know it's a big moment the star of seven seasons you know basically commits suicide but what was the what did you feel was his impending reason of why he wanted to die I feel like if I was on True Blood for seven seasons, I would want to die too. Um, no, I think he, uh, you know, he lived. You know, one of the problem, the curse of being a vampire is you live a long time and you experience a lot of loss. And I think he was just done. Um, from an emotional standpoint, I mean, this is one of the problems where you have all these vampire shows. It it wasn't like one one hundredth of. When, like, Buffy had to kill Angel at the end of the second season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And that right. was, you know, more than 15 years ago. Oh, way more, yeah. And 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 so it, it, it's hard not to remember some of these other things that have come before and how long ago they've come before. And it, it, is, it does make it difficult to, to do new shows, but... Um, you know there there have been so many great shows and 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 in this genre you know it just is difficult i honestly didn't i mean i'm not one i was checking my phone you know i wasn't i really wasn't drawn in i i'm actually drawn in a little more on some of the aw shucks like just the town getting together or people hanging out in merlots or like some of jason stackhouse you know when he's like sort of stupidly does something noble or brave but the, the 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 those real emotional moments from the show have felt have really fallen dead for me. Like when people die, it doesn't really matter. Or when people are dying and they give speeches, it doesn't really. You know, um, the characters just never. They never. I, I don't even want to say they're cartoony because that's in, an insult to cartoony characters. Because there are <laughs> enough cartoon characters that I've cared about but yeah i mean i definitely care about betty rubble on the flintstones more than any character (laughs) on uh, more than suki Suki killing bill really yeah that's that's a good one i agree though you know they always say that after five seasons the show just uh falls apart and so 
it seems like you know they over <laughs> True Blood definitely overstayed their welcome, and you know I'm doubly angry because I I literally had to leave Afropunk right before D'Angelo was getting on with like. Angelo from Fishbone and all these special guests. And I literally was like, oh, I have to run home to hate watch this show. Right. And just so that I could bring it to the fan bros. And then you're right. You know, it was such a downer. And I could have been listening to some incredible version of a Bill Withers song or something. Right. Um, uh, that said, um, you know, do you feel that the True Blood series finale um wrapped everything up or did it live up to I just felt like the, the premise it didn't, of the show the way, the way they set it up it didn't it didn't feel like a series finale the way the lost series finale felt like a lost one or the way the Battlestar Galactica one like everything was leading up to that moment in right, lost right, and everything was right. leading up to that you know they you know they need to find this planet in Battlestar Galactica and then they do and then a lot of people freaked out cuz they end up raping a lot of cavemen but <laughs> um, you know, I, I, it, it, there was a progression, whereas this, there was no, it was just like this whole meandering, you know, there wasn't really a direct path from the beginning to this other than maybe Sookie killing Bill after all this time. But this is a show where like the characters sort of do weird things because the plot demands it of them. Right. Um, which is a complaint that I have about another show that we're going to talk about. But I, you know, I think, uh, you know, true blood had its moments. I mean, let's, let's not, but I don't think, um, I don't think it's going to go down, you know, in history, even like when people talk about the vampire shows of this period, um, I mean, it certainly doesn't compare to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I might even say that people will talk about the Vampire Diaries more than this. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm not really that vampire person. I feel like they're they're stretching it super super thin. Um, I, you know, the cheeky vampire. Uh, you know, I, I think that True Blood is relative to what the Batman in the 60 was the 60s Batman the 1960s Batman yeah. is to the Batman genre I think True Blood is that to the vampire genre it's like it's not it's not even vampires it's more like uh you know this mystical town with these like you said aw shucks characteristics I mean uh mystical uh creatures you know with with in these really small towns with like this kind of backwoods thing that's how the tv show was in anyway I didn't I didn't read the books but anyway I feel like you know it's kind of campy and you can't really take this kind of stuff so seriously and as you know with these kind of serious uh topics whether it be sci-fi or superhero stuff or creatures or monsters there's a special um type of seriousness that you want to present this stuff with without it being too uh campy or too um self uh like the way they take themselves too seriously but what true blood did was like just make fun of itself in the in the craziest way so I don't know. It was definitely an adult show, too, but I don't know if it was really made for fans of the genre. You know what I mean? Um, it was a so. it was just a little all over the place because I would definitely say Vampire Diaries takes itself too seriously. 
I think Buffy had, for me, actually, as someone who speaks so highly of the show, and I do speak, I think it's one of the most important shows in, you know, the last 25 years, like, as important as The Sopranos or, you know, Sex and the City. I think um, sometimes the humor actually graded a little on me, but that's not to say, I mean, there were moments in, in, there were so many moments in Buffy where it was like, life or death like real or like very serious stuff where you were sucked in in a way that I wasn't sucked in on this show I feel like in a way that people were sucked sucked in on lost like people got really sucked into the emotional stuff on lost and that's why it got such a negative feedback at the end because they felt sort of betrayed I think people right, got right. sucked into the emotional moments on on Buffy that way um and you, know, you don't I, feel that for for True Blood. I definitely I, I, didn't feel it for True Blood. I, and I don't know if other people did. I think, um, you know, it 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 was so like head turning in terms of like the switch in tone and the switch in this. I mean, I liked the Southern Gothic milieu and I liked some of the characters, but I really was just yeah, watching it I out of you. habit for the last I, yeah. four seasons, five seasons, right. I got you. I got you. And I, I don't I, I do feel like that they were uneven in a lot of ways because they jumped around with with uh, tone so much. And one exactly there was like a one or two episodes, I think, uh, this season that I felt like, wow, they really kept it there with when they focus on Lafayette. That was that's always a good barometer for me. How much Lafayette is talking. He anyway, doesn't talk true. at all in this entire in the yeah. series finale. That should say something. That's a real betrayal. I feel like yep. he's the one who really carried the 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 series, and especially for the fan bros aspect of it. But uh, all right, well, sayonara, true blood. You know, um, peace be with you. And uh, I guess kudos to the writers for even <laughs> being able to write that stuff after a while. You know, I mean, it's not easy to make a TV show by any means, but. At the same time, you know, you're making TV for your audience, and if the audience don't like it, uh, well, that's that. And we here at Fan Bros, you know, we speak our minds, right? Speak yeah, no, minds. I'm wondering what, what are people thinking out there? Like, are you know, are other people agreeing with me? I mean, there's a couple of shows that I, I mean, Sons of Anarchy is another one that I feel that really went off the rails, and I actually stopped watching it several seasons ago. But other people still seem to be watching it, so I'm assuming you know other people are still watching, uh, you know, um, True Blood. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll take it to the internet. And fan bros, if you like True Blood, hit us up at fanbros.com. You can always leave comments on our SoundCloud. And uh, actually, this is a good time to segue into the next show, and that show is my favorite show right now that's on television, The Strain on FX. And we go from one bad vampire show to, in my opinion, one good vampire show. Now, I know, Chico Leo, you have reservations because it says it's all over the New York area. And by no means is it shot in the New York area. It's not It's not just that. I mean, that is a huge problem to me. I mean, there was at no point was there any even like did I, I don't know why they shot the scene that was supposed to take place at 40 on a 42nd Street train platform where they shot it 
because they could have shot it in my basement and it wouldn't have looked less like the 42nd Street train station platform. You know, Wait, actually, don't Grand you have Central. a subway going through your basement? No, but that's Park? the whole point. If you're going to have, you know, you might as well have no subway if you're going to have one that, that is clearly not. I mean, you know, like it's the middle of the day on 42nd Street and there's no one else on the platform. The train came about a minute after the other train left. The train was very clearly not a New York City train thing. But that's not, I mean, those specifics, I can get beyond that. Um, I, I, I feel like that's an unforced error. They don't need to tell us that it's in it's in New York. It could be any city. My bigger, bigger, bigger complaint about the show is that nobody does anything that makes sense. Basically, I mean, I feel like every I feel like every single character, nothing that they do, do makes any sense. And they're such sort of stock characters. They're not, you know, um, by this point, I feel like they should have broken through some of their like sort of I'm the stereotypical this I'm the stereotypical that. And they're all still everyone is doing exactly like and, and none of it makes sense. I mean, they, they you know, there was I. I, I just know these people know there's vampires on the loose and nobody's listening to them. And now well, pe- the thing is, people are trying to arrest them. Like, well, well hold, but hold on, hold on. There's and this is something that goes on on the show, which is maybe not the best way it's done. But not everybody knows that the outbreak is there. Now, you're right that, you know, once one guy shows up in a public place, it should be all over the news. Right. Right. Another thing that they get away with on the show, if we're talking about real time, like, for example, there's the World War Z uh, phenomena, which is like you really you literally start with the fact that everybody's already infected. And the whole story is about how you're either running from it or how to counter it or how to survive. Right now on the strain, they're taking their whatever first five episodes, first six episodes to really slowly draw out the plague and slowly draw out the the stories of who gets infected and how it affects the other characters. Now, as a TV series, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at the fact that we can jump into, for example, tonight we jumped into the lawyer who was on the plane. We we've seen her transformation fully up until now, where she's devolved into a full you know creature, and she's starting from the first episode of the season. We knew she was infected, and we literally had to jump through all these other episodes where we saw all the other people who were infected on the plane who were still alive turn and then kill their families or whatever, have their horror moments. And here we are deep in almost uh, probably midway through the season. And now we finally get to see her as a full, you know, creature, vampire, whatever you want to call her. I thought that was a great sequence. I thought that was, was, I will admit that that was was a really great sequence. Um, You know, from the point that the the nanny and her daughter and the kids go in to the house. Yeah, I I love it because those are those Westchester houses, whether or not they shot it in Westchester. There are those kind of like super sleek style Westchester houses. And the next time I go into one of those houses, I'm going to be like, oh, this is... (laughs) <laughs> this is where those vampires live. Right. Because I totally recognize those kind of houses. But I guess I'm talking about from the structure of the series. It doesn't bother me that the the plague is not fully blown. The logic of how it's super fully blown uh, in our characters' minds, but it's still leaking out to the public. 
I, you know, I'm not, I'm not really when, mad at that. And, and, um, and I wanted to ask right, you. No, but what I'm saying, no one does anything that makes sense. Like when Gus is, when they're throwing the body over into the water and Gus's friend decides to open up the body bag. Like how many guys do you think who who are throwing bodies, you know, getting paid to get rid of bodies, open up the body bag and look inside? It's just so r- ludicrous. Like that's something that doesn't even happen one in a million times. And 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 it's just it's just stuff like that constantly going on throughout the show that I'm just like, you know, um I don't know. Like, was there as soon as that woman got you know hit on the hand in 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 that sequence that I'm talking about the daughter, right? You, right, you right. knew we knew that she was infected, and so that as soon as those guys showed up, you sort of knew that she was gonna they were gonna execute her too, and that was the that was the cold finale was them executing her, and I I just felt like um, well yeah that's actually logical whereas a lot of the other stuff is not logical but. I, I do feel like, again, stuff like, I, I, I mean, I could probably, if I thought about it, list others, and I'm not trying to ruin anybody's good time, but just think about the scene where, like, two guys are about to throw a body bag that's wrapped in chains, like, into the Gowanus Canal, or I don't know what that was supposed to be, but, you know, and then one of them's like, oh, I gotta look in here. Like, is that really good? Does that happen? I, I and, and so, no, and then, of course, the guy looks in, and then he gets bit by the... Or he gets a worm on him, and now he's going to turn into a vampire, and Gus is going to probably have to kill his friend, and it's you know he's going to vamp out in the in the prison cell. Um, well, I, I mean, I think I think the the idea of a bumbling criminal or something is, I, you know, that's par for the course. It's also don't forget it's a horror genre right. piece, and in horror genre. The not so smart people get killed off pretty quick or they get infected pretty quick. How many times are you in a theater? I guess, Chico, you and I are the same age when you would be in a theater, you know, with horror and you'd be screaming at the at the screen like, dude, that was the stupidest thing. Get out of there or don't do this. So I think those things are built into the show and you could yell at your TV all you want. You're still going to get a stupid character to do something stupid. And that there's a function to that, you know what I mean? Because if everybody was super smart, then it turns into um, Steven Soderbergh's uh, Contagion, right? It turns well, into, which is which is a different type of movie. It is, to be it, is it is it is different. It's not even so much as people being smart. People can be show. dumb, but like the rat catcher saw the vampire last week. Then he went back to his office and no one was there. But he didn't call anyone. He didn't go on the internet. He like got on the train and went from wherever the rat catching thing is to his father's house in Brighton Beach, which I'm assuming is like an hour train ride. Like if he was a public servant, like you don't think he would be maybe calling somebody or getting on an internet or emailing Gawker or... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if Faye would be the one to be emailing Gawker, but I feel like... I, I. I, I see what you're saying, but again, that kind of logic doesn't necessarily need to apply. But I did I have a side tangent because the other day you were talking about Black Jesus that's on Adult Swim, and you said that the internal logic of Black Jesus is better, is, yeah, is the story of what if Jesus was just my homeboy and sat on the stoop and smoked weed and drove my getaway car. Now, 
and he's really Jesus. He's not he's not like a guy pretending to be Jesus. He's actually Jesus who is black with blonde long hair and No, it's not blonde, I don't think. But oh, he does whatever. Have long, Brown, no, he's got long it. long like processed hair. But he right. does but everything he does I would argue is Jesus like and even you know, so I in the second episode there's like a drive by and he definitely jumps in front of all his friends and then um he takes out a sling and 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 slings a rock at like the dude who's who's doing the drive by but then he heals him. Like I just feel like the internal logic of <laughs> taking Jesus and putting him in that situation, you know, in a, the fish out of water thing, uh, but it's not he's not a, actually a fish out he's of water. He's actually not a fish out no, of no, water. No, no, he I just know, but every I actually think that they've so I've seen two episodes and I think they've been really consistent with everything that he says and does to be Christ-like or Jesus-like, um, given at least you know a, a a liberal interpretation of Jesus as him being really <laughs> man of the people. Um, and- so, you, but you, wait, you're saying that? So, I mean, it is a comedy, and with comedy, you can stretch these you know these limits. I mean, Jesus like choking on a blunt like super hard to you is is more logical than <laughs> how these people are reacting yes. to Yes. So to- let me let me tell you something. It's been proven that women of Mary, Jesus's mother's station, like Jewish women in like Palestine in the year 0 or whatever, would have uh-huh. been chewing on a mixture of hashish, myrrh and frankincense <laughs> when they were giving birth. They would have given birth standing up with three women supporting them, and they would have been chewing a mixture of hashish, myrrh and frankincense sense and so when the christians sort of hijacked everything they threw in the whole wise men and they couldn't have hashish so they replaced the hashish with gold but like (laughs) he would have gotten thc into his system just from her vaginal canal upon giving birth so there is no doubt and i also will say you can look this up jesus is wait jesus's brother's grave has been found and that grave had marijuana resin in it so there is no doubt in my mind that Jesus, that the historical figure of Jesus, the sort of rebellious hippie Jewish leader, was a rabbi or whatever you, whatever it is he was, was definitely an avid user of marijuana, as would have most of his peers have been, or hashish. Right, right, or hashish. So him smoking blunts in in the in the. Uh, in the hood is totally reasonable because if you know if we're to read the stories he spent a lot of his time in like you know Bethlehem and Gaza and all these other cities in the, in the in the 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 bad parts so right. that's where Jesus hung out um, okay and you know so yeah i i don't i don't have a I, if they showed Jesus doing heroin that that would be problematic I think on many levels it would be problematic, Chico. Um, well, thanks for that little clarification. All right. Um, you could look all I'm, that up. Everything I just told you is historically accurate. I'm Googling it as we speak. Right. Um, back, to, back to the strain, I just wanted to okay. say um, shout out to how they uh, structured it. The writers, uh, Weddle and Thompson, these guys are great. Um, I love the way they use flashbacks. Unlike True Blood, their flashbacks to Zadrakian in the concentration camp and the German Eichhorn, who is a Nazi at this time, in the flashbacks. Right. It's really well. I, I thought it's really well done. Come to find out, Zadrakian actually carved the masters 
sarcophagus, yeah. the coffin, which is kind of the MacGuffin that was a cool. Right I thought that was a cool twist. That was a really cool twist. So their relationship goes a little deeper, and it's not too long. Their flashbacks aren't really long. It's just enough to give you some drama and some. Uh, it's like a time for the German to have some monologue time. You know, it's it's good writer stuff. So, very juicy. How old and, do you um, think he was in the concentration camp, Sarkatian or Sarkatian or whatever his uh, name is? Sarkatian. Um, I probably like nineteen. Okay, because yeah, was... I was gonna say so. Nineteen forty-four is exactly seventy years ago, right. and so that would make him eighty-nine. Yeah, maybe he was younger. Maybe he's like well, 16. yeah, but then they should have cast someone younger. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like you know. Again, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade, but you know, to have him as an 89. I think year it was old. actually 45. No, it was 44. So get, Poland for oh the 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 last part was 45. Yeah, it took him a year 45 because the Russians the Russians are right are, are coming attacking. in 45. Yeah, but in four, yeah. it's Poland 44 when when he gets uh, right when he gets hired. right. That's right. That's so right. to speak. So uh, yeah, it takes them takes them a while. Anyway, I just uh, the way it's written for television, the the way they shoot it, and I know that Guillermo del Toro is heavily involved. He helped, uh, you know, he okay's every episode. He watches every episode. He helps. I think he said he color times it. I saw an interview with him. Uh, I'm plugging Robert Rodriguez El Rey Network. Robert Rodriguez, the famed director of Sin City. Uh, a Dame to Kill For that's coming out soon for all you Frank Miller fans. Actually, he produced it. Frank Miller directed it. Um, but uh, he did the first in City, and he uh, has a sh- uh, network called El- the El Rey Network where he plays old kung fu movies and great old 70s films and Starsky and Hutch, original Starsky and Hutch and stuff. And uh, he has a series, though, called The Director's Chair where he interviews these directors and he, apparently Guillermo del Toro is a good friend of his, and he direct, he interviews him, and uh, Guillermo talks about the strain and how they produced it and his involvement with it. Um, anyway, um, if you're into directing and you like to know the process of how stuff is made, check out the director's chair on the El Rey Network. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, I learned that tonight that Jesus definitely... Didn't if he didn't smoke hashish, he was prone to because his mom smoked hashish. But she chewed it. But his brother smoked it. it. But his brother was definitely a pot. Right. Okay. So that's good to know. Um. And with that, I think we're gonna close it out. Sorry about to the extant fans. We didn't get to cover that. There was a two-hour special this week for some reason. I think it's because of next week's holiday. Um, we will definitely get back on covering Extant. I know a lot of big stuff happened, um, but we will catch you guys up next week. And stay tuned for the regular Fanbro show during the week where we cover all the stuff where Ben and Tatiana go back and forth. And subscribe uh, to us on iTunes. Check us out. Like us on Facebook. Um, follow us on SoundCloud. On Twitter, we actually have a thousand followers. May not be a lot to you guys, but certainly a lot to us. So uh, always check us out on the web, Fambros on Twitter at Fambros Show, um, and just go to Fambros.com and you can get all the latest stuff. Anything else, Chico? 
Uh, that's about it. I mean, I think people, if you haven't caught up, uh, if you didn't watch the first season of Sleepy Hollow, that's coming in about two weeks, and that's a highly recommended uh, fan bro's favorite. I, I, I'm assuming that's one that we'll be covering, but um, that's coming back in, in, in a little over two weeks, and it's going to be uh, the same night as Gotham, the new Gotham show that's coming up that I think a lot of people are excited for. So, uh, you know, check your Amazon Prime or your Netflix or wherever it is that you can watch the first season of Sleepy Hollow because that's uh, that's that that's good TV. So, I, you know, I, I would take Sleepy Hollow over over the strain, but uh, they, they are different shows. See, I, I think, think Sleepy Hollow does the comedy along with the heartbreaking stuff really well. Actually, well, uh, we'll probably be covering all of that stuff. So we'll, we'll have a lot more to talk about. Excellent. Um, Cool. All right, Chico. All right, uh, later. With that, we'll, we'll see you later. <laughs> That's the Chewbacca of the internet. Fan Pro